the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. If you will recall from New Testament scripture, it speaks of the early days of the church and how Christ essentially assigned the disciples to go out two by two into different communities and areas, share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And later on in the New Testament, we're actually, from a church standpoint, compelled to go out into the highways and byways and compel them to come in, meaning that there is this water of life that Christ has given to the church to be caretakers of and to spread the good news um, of this type of water that will quench thirst for an entire eternity, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm always thrilled, therefore, whenever we hear about a brand new church plant, particularly here in the San Francisco Bay Area, because it's a part of that sending of the disciples, going out into the highways and byways, compelling people to come in to the church to have their lives impacted by a personal relationship with Christ and transformed by the power of his word. Such a church plant here in the Bay Area, brand new City Light Bible Church in Santa Clara. And joining me now is the lead pastor, Chris G. And Pastor G, great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. First, uh, congratulations on the new church plant. I know that it is always a gargantuan endeavor, uh, particularly in an area like the San Francisco Bay region, where we deal with not only logistics and locations and renting buildings and all of those details, but then just sort of the real nitty gritty work of inviting people to come and to be a part of a new church plant experience, both for seasoned believers uh, that can kind of help provide some of the the leadership and and, and foundation necessary, as well as obviously the real core goal of the church, and that is to reach others for Christ. So again, congratulations and welcome. Tell us about the first uh, the first day of the new church. Well, uh, this church, it was about 18 months in the making. And so uh, during this time, uh, we had a lot of work to do. Uh, God blessed our efforts in a hundred ways. He uh, brought many great people, people who were excited, people who uh, loved the Lord, uh, were welcoming and reflected the love of Christ to anyone who visited us, and above all, were evangelistic, uh, really had a heart to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with anyone who walked through those doors and would invite friends, uh, family, uh, neighbors to to come as well. So uh, our very first Sunday was just a, a blessing to see everything come together, uh, to see all that God had been doing and what he, uh, a little preview into what he will be doing. Uh, we had about 190 people attend our very first service. About 20 of them 
were either non-Christians or hadn't been to church in years. And so it was just a great privilege to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, this good news of the forgiveness of sins with them. And it was a huge joy to my heart to see our people, the people that have been with us for these 18 months, begin to share the gospel in personal conversations with people on the very first Sunday. And isn't that exciting to see people part of something like that at the foundational level and to kind of not only dig in and do the praying and the the outreach and the sharing, but then to also see some of the, the fruits of their labor come to fruition and to have a church launch with that many in attendance and to have a significant portion of non-believers there on day number one is, is certainly very exciting. And, and I would be admiss if we didn't note that... Um, the the sending church, the mother church, so to speak, that is behind all of this movement has been a church that you've been involved with some time and is certainly quite familiar to uh, listeners of our station. Hillside Church down in San Jose, where um, Keith Crosby, of course, is uh, is senior pastor. And so uh, a, a delight to hear the expansion of the outreach ministry of Hillside Church in the South Bay. And let's face it, you're in an area where, my goodness, all you got to do for, for any believer is open the front door, look across the street, look to the right, to the left, down the hallway, whatever it might be, and people that need to hear the gospel are all around us. So this is exciting because I guess in a sense, it's it's, it's really like stepping out into a mission field, isn't it? Very much so. Uh, we are so excited that God is using us to reach the unchurched and the de-churched. One of the main reasons we chose to plant this church is to reach the lost with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's a big reason we chose Santa Clara. Uh, according to recent t- statistics, only about 5% of the people in Santa Clara and Sunnyvale profess to be evangelical Christians. And that's just absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, you just imagine walking down the street past 20 people and one of them is on their way to heaven. Uh, that's just shocking and, and sad. Uh, This area is in the shadow of tech giants like Apple and Google. So it's growing in population. It's growing in affluence, but it's declining in spiritual influence. And uh, we're just seeking to reach the the lost and uh, the unchurched, those who have never been to church, and also the de-churched, a term that I think was made up in the past couple of years for people who used to go to church two to three years ago, but for whatever reason, don't go anymore. Uh, Many of them probably because of the pandemic, but now they're open to going back to church. And uh, we're just so excited that God is using us to reach both the unchurched and the de-churched. We held uh, three outreach events and four preview services over the summer and had probably a total of 30 or so non-Christians come. And this past Sunday, uh, 20 to 25 who just hadn't been to church in years and just just amazing to see God use us to do uh, what we sought to do from the very beginning and that is to reach the the lost with the message of a creator who made us and loves us and uh, even though we've rebelled against him and broken his laws he has not given up on us but he loves us still Uh, So much so that he gave us his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, to pay the penalty, not for his sin and his wrongdoing, but for ours, because he didn't have any. So that if we believe in him, we'll be forgiven, cleansed and given the hope of heaven. And it's it's very much the pinnacle of our joy 
to share this message with others. Is it your experience, Pastor G, that this lack of church engagement, as you point out, barely 5%, I think in the North Bay, Marin County, it's even worse. It's down to like 4%. So it's, it's a pretty shocking number. But I have to wonder from your experience, is the lack of church engagement... Uh, necessarily demonstrative of a notion that people have no spiritual interest? Or is it the fact that maybe they're seeking ways in which they can satisfy the spiritual side of their their existence, their being, so to speak, uh, by other means? Whether that be money, whether that be power, whether that be involved in false religion, in cults and the occult and, and the whole whole gambit. So is it is it a lack of spiritual interest in total or just perhaps a lack that they have been disengaged from the church? I think it's a both and. Uh, God made us to be spiritual beings. Uh, God made us to have a relationship with him to to worship him and people have fulfilled that hole in their heart in different ways and certainly some have run to false religions and uh, cults and things like that and others have sought to fill that hole with what i believe to be the biggest number one idol of the people in the bay area and uh, probably in many parts of the world and that is comfort uh, people love comfort and uh, pretty much every waking moment of their lives, both at work and at home, is to pad this idol and build this idol. And uh, y- you can spend your whole life, especially here where uh, things are very expensive, trying to, to build up your, your bank account, trying to build up your portfolio, trying to build up your house and your toys and all the stuff that you have just to feed this idol. And that's enough to distract you. Uh, That's enough to uh, pull you away from thinking deeper thoughts to uh, uh, enough to pull you away from thinking about God and eternity. And I'm I'm curious toward that end. Uh, And and certainly, I mean, it's a very human thing to do. We want to be comfortable we want to have a sense of safety and security about our person about our finances about every aspect of our life our health etc etc and yet we've seen in recent years kind of this churning going on a churning in the sense that there has been certainly more than enough political turmoil and division amongst Americans Add to that a global pandemic, the likes of which certainly we haven't seen in our lifetime, claimed over one million Americans in the course of barely two and a half years. Then add to that the recent instability of the markets related to, in part, the impact of COVID, in part, some of this other instability, as I referred to a moment ago and, and and so I wonder if if in a fashion God can use these events to get our attention in understanding that you know being pushed out of our comfort zone and not being comfortable is not necessarily a bad thing especially if in that process it drives us closer to him increases our faith in him increases our dependence in him 
Let's pause here in our conversation with Pastor Chris G. We'll be back with more right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. A special conversation today. Pastor Chris G., a brand new church plant in the South Bay, talking about that and generally what God is doing in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Pastor G., I'd like to come back to where we left off just a moment ago. So I wonder if in a fashion, as we look at the history of the Silicon Valley, where you're currently ministering and, and the the whole comfort zone, money zone, high-tech zone that is the San Francisco Bay Area, if God, in a sense, is trying to sort of get the attention of his creation and saying, you know, guys, this this is all very fleeting, and what you need to really be thinking about is your own eternal destiny, which sadly few Americans really concentrate on, although maybe COVID has changed some of that, I wonder. I would completely agree with that. If you were apathetic toward the world and uh, the issues going on in the world five years ago, today you are forced to care. Uh, I think a positive trend in churches is that many of them are getting more serious about applying the Bible to contemporary issues. Uh, there have been some major, major issues come up in our nation, in our in our world. COVID-19, the widening gap between political parties, the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that our kids and grandkids are going to read about in their history books. And I believe I see the church moving away from shallow fluffy entertainment-like services and ministries toward more seriousness, toward being more sober to the realities and spiritual realities around us. Uh, I, I think more people want answers. They want biblical answers. There's so much confusion out there as to what to believe, what worldview to have, uh, what God is saying about everything that's going on. And uh, that's why I'm really excited to plant this church that's going to focus on theology a doctrine, biblical substance. We're going to feed people the meat of the word of God. Uh, We're going to do expository preaching, which is extracting, pulling meaning from the Bible, letting God speak. Uh, I think more and more so you're seeing people, especially in the Bay Area, not really care about the pastor's opinion. They're uh, the pastor's preferences. They certainly don't want to hear hobby horses on Sunday morning. Nothing is more important than letting God speak And I think people are starting to see that. Uh, So we're excited that that our leaders are going to help people apply God's word, not only to their personal problems, but also to these contemporary issues so that people know how to answer their family members, their friends, their neighbors, their coworkers who ask them about politics, who ask them about the LGBTQ movement and what's going on in our world today. Second Peter one three says his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And we believe that God has granted us his word 
to equip us in all issues related to life and godliness. And so uh, our church, and I believe many churches, are standing firm on the Word of God. You know, there's this been uh, this this paradigm shift that we've seen, certainly within mainline Christendom, over the last 30, 40, maybe even 50 years, uh, seemingly kind of coinciding with the beginning of the hippie movement in the 1960s, uh, certainly more predominant in some of the regions like California, to be sure, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it's interesting because the other day I was reading the blog post of a fairly large church and the pastor in his blog post was stating how that they have decided officially amongst the church leadership, the Board of Elders, to no longer be a welcoming church. And I first read that, and of course, you kind of are taken aback and thinking, okay, are we closing the doors and cocooning here and separating ourselves from the world that is not going to hear it unless they hear it from us? Deeper into the post, he went on to say that they had made a huge mistake a number of years ago by shifting into being a welcoming church. And further examination of scripture led them to an eye-opening conclusion that God had not called them to be a welcoming church, that God had called them to be an inviting church. And I looked at that and I thought, you know, that is a subtle but profound difference. I mean, welcoming kind of suggests that, yeah, if you show up, we're not going to kick you out. <laughs> we'll, we'll maybe even be nice to you and, 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 and say hello. But that's about it. But that inviting church goes back to that notion I, I, I made reference to it a moment ago of, of the church being one that goes out into the highways and byways and compels them to come in. And I think that distinction, along with what you just referred to, and that is the notion of the importance of preaching the truth of the gospel uncompromised and, and staying away from all the neat little platitudes that sounds like pastors using sometimes this is not every church to be sure but there are some pulpits on Sunday morning that seem to be more based on notes taken out of a Hallmark card as opposed to extrapolated out of the scripture to give people understanding as to what God has done for us through his son's work on the cross and all of the resources that are available to help us live out our lives in a fashion that is not only pleasing to him, but obviously impacting of the world around us, and and to do so based on what we learn out of Scripture. But but sadly, there's been a lot of churches that have kind of steered away from that. Churches that'll say, you know, we're going to be welcoming, but you know, we don't we don't want to come on too too heavy here. And yet, literally, lives are in the balance, and oftentimes there are aspects of the mainline church that we kind of tend to ignore that reality. Yes, uh, the New Testament is clear that the church is the gathering of believers, and it gives us some clear instructions on what church ought to be, uh, concentrated in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. Uh, We are to give our attention to the public reading of Scripture. Uh, We are to preach the Word. We are to fellowship and participate in discipleship, a leadership development. We're to love one another. And certainly any unbeliever is invited on a Sunday morning to see what we do. But when they come, 
they will encounter what Christians do. They will encounter our pursuit of holiness and uh, us pursuing the ultimate priority, which is worship of God. So uh, we, we, we won't tailor what we do to the unbeliever, but they are more than welcomed. They are invited to come and to see the great God that we worship. Uh, to, to maybe switch the analogy, we can think of a football game, right? Uh, in, in football, the, the, the team that's on offense doesn't just do whatever they feel is best. Uh, they don't run around out there wherever they think they should go. But before the play, they huddle up. And that's where they strategize. That's where they review the playbook, of course, in their heads. They uh, receive instruction from the quarterback on what they need to do to keep advancing the ball down the field. And they encourage each other if necessary. If one wide receiver dropped the ball the previous play, another guy's going to say, hey, you dropped the ball, but you're going to get it next time. You got this. And so the church is the huddle. Uh, This is where we encourage, build up, and uh, sharpen the saints, sharpen those who are a part of the church that have been cleansed by the blood of Christ and brought into this uh, supernatural corporate gathering, the church. But it's also where the believers strategize for how they are going to reach the lost. It's also where they encourage each other to to be bold for the gospel where they hear messages and where they participate in personal conversations that will inject steel into their spines so that they are unashamed of the gospel and proclaim it faithfully in the world. Uh, So we're just so excited that uh, each and every week uh, we get to gather together to worship that our leaders are going to equip the saints for the work of the ministry But at the same time, our doors are open for any unbeliever, any person who's interested in spiritual things. And uh, I think they just need to know that uh, we are going to do church biblically and we're also going to love them in the very best way that we know how. And that not, not, not only includes caring for them in tangible ways, befriending them and asking them out to coffee and lunch and truly doing life with them, which we will do. But most importantly of all, it will be to share the gospel with them, this greatest of news uh, with them that Jesus died for them. And on top of that, you know, the, the gospel is not just a story. It's not just uh, an interesting message, but it is also a summons from the King of Kings to come uh, to his banquet, uh, to feast with him, to have a relationship with him. And so uh, we will uh, not be shy about telling people that they have a decision to make when they hear the gospel, uh, whether to follow Jesus Christ or not. And uh, to to remain stagnant is to reject Christ, but to follow him is to make the greatest decision of their lives and to enter into a life of joy, of relationship with the, the, the one true God, and to be given the hope of heaven for all eternity. Let's pause here in our conversation with Pastor Chris G. We'll be back with more right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 
Welcome back. A special conversation today. Pastor Chris G., a brand new church plant in the South Bay, talking about that and generally what God is doing in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Pastor G., let's pick things up where we left off a moment ago. Let me, if I might, just for a moment, continue that football analogy, because I think it it really helps to make the the gospel and the importance of the word very relatable to everyone eavesdropping on our conversation today. And and that is this notion that, you know, on a, a given football day, we see on the field the battle played out to move the needle on the scoreboard, move the ball down the field and, and make the goal and advance the, the, the goal of the team what we don't see is all of the hard work that went in in the days before the practice on the field the memorizing of the playbook and in our analogy here the playbook being scripture so in a sense it's almost as if the sunday morning worship experience in addition to of course gathering together the believers that sense of iron sharpening iron as we are exhorting one another, correcting one another, encouraging one another in the faith. But it's almost like kind of practice, memorization of the playbook, scripture, so that we're ready to get into, pardon again the bad analogy, the game of life. And we're equipped then with the tools that we need. Now, if on any given practice day, the coach got up and said, you know, Today, we're not going to work out of the playbook, but I found some wonderful little thoughts for motivation out of Reader's Digest with nothing negative toward Reader's Digest. I'm a subscriber. But if the coach announced that he was exchanging the playbook for Reader's Digest, you better believe the front office of that football team is going to say, hey, wait a minute, coach, you're not equipping the guys with the tools that they need. And while the platitudes out of Reader's Digest might be nice, it's not a formula for winning. You've got to stick to the playbook. And I'm wondering, Pastor, continuing that analogy, if part of the challenge here for a lot of believers, and maybe even some of the reasons why there has been de-churching going on, has been the fact that there have been some instances where we have exchanged the playbook, God's Word, for other sources of encouraging platitudes that are not necessarily life-changing, nor do they emanate from the very mouth of God. And so as a result, maybe the church has been ill-equipped and we're losing in the game because we're just not practicing the way we need to be. We're not studying the playbook the way we need to be. And the results perhaps are all around us. What do you think? I completely agree. Uh, First of all, let me say that I know I started this analogy, but this is difficult for me because I'm an NBA guy. (laughs) I will try my best to continue on with the football. And uh, being back in the Bay Area, uh, I do see the 49er fans all around me. And uh, I must say, I'm I'm, I'm starting to succumb to peer pressure. Okay, but but let me why we can't we can with with great gusto say go Warriors. Go ahead. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, even being in L.A. for a while, I never lost my love for the Warriors. Uh, I mean, I think the, the passage that you're pointing to is Second Timothy three sixteen and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. First of all, if we have the very words of God, why would we go anywhere else? Uh, The creator of the universe 
has spoken to us. And if we believe that he's spoken to us in the Bible, that should be the one source that we want to keep going back to over and over again. Uh, he is there and he is not silent, as Francis Schaeffer once said. And if God has been gracious to speak to us, then we should want to know what he has said. And Second uh, Timothy 3 speaks of the man of God being complete, equipped for every good work because he embraces the word of God. And I believe you're absolutely right in that Christians today are somewhat deficient in their spiritual lives. They are not complete and they are not equipped for every good work because they have not grounded themselves in scripture. And, and the church is, is partly to blame for that, for uh, not giving the meat of God's word each and every Sunday and in the midweek ministries. Uh, but individuals are also to blame as well, you know, as we've just uh, sought out entertainment and as we have been caught up with just so many other things other than what's most important, the word of God. Uh, so I, I want to be that that man who's who's complete, uh, equipped for every good work. Uh, I want the people at our church to be the same way that they're ready to do what is right in every situation in life, including interactions with unbelievers. And if that's if we want to be that, then we have to know the Bible. Uh, ultimately, lasting change is going to come through God's word. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says that his word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword that cuts us uh, to the heart. And so in your example, Reader's Digest, and, you know, we could talk about TED Talks and self-help books and things like that. Nothing against them. They will, they will help uh, in your life. They will help you to uh, use your time more effectively, how to build up, you know, seven habits to be highly effective. Uh, but in terms of lasting spiritual change, Putting off sin and putting on Christ likeness, that is only going to come through the, the power of God's word, because the Holy Spirit works through his word and his word alone. And, you know, unlike any of the authors that are out there, and there are some great ones, to be sure, and books that can be tremendously encouraging and enlightening, as you point out, none of them, though, come along with the, the authority and power of the guarantee of God's word where God himself says of his word that it will not go out and return to him void, but it will accomplish his good pleasure, that working out of our salvation, that that process of, of addressing sin, salvation, and then sanctification. There's a word you don't often hear in the church anymore either. We, we tend to kind of shy away from that. We think it's all about getting the fire insurance. Once we have the fire insurance policy in our hands, we kind of say, okay, let's just kind of go back to, to business as it was, and we're going to pivot and focus back again on making sure that we're comfortable. God's not calling for us to be comfortable. In fact, if anything, the life of the believer, as you look at the, the, the first century church, you look at the church in the book of Acts, it had anything but comfort. Uh, in fact, being persecuted for his namesake is something that the church in America today, as it is in much of the West, is kind of a, a foreign concept to us. And you, you look at church in other parts of the world, I'm thinking of places like in China and in Vietnam and in many parts of the Middle East. Um, comfort is not part of their vocabulary. Addressing persecution and being out there and boldly proclaiming their faith 
in the face of potential, even in some circumstances, even losing their life. But they're all about that because they're all about God's word because they've had that that intimate, powerful, life-changing experience with the very creator of the universe. Let's pause here in our conversation with Pastor Chris G. We'll be back with more right after this. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Welcome back. A special conversation today. Pastor Chris G., a brand new church plant in the South Bay, talking about that and generally what God is doing in the greater San Francisco Bay Area. Pastor G., I'd like to come back to where we left off just a moment ago. You made a reference here to to Los Angeles, and um, perhaps some astute listeners are saying, hmm, seems to be pretty solid in his theology. I wonder if he's a MacArthur guy. Well, in fact, uh, Pastor Chris G. is a graduate from the Master's Seminary. You originally headed down to Southern California to attend UCLA. Kind of walk us through, if you would, Pastor, that, that trajectory and how God eventually led you back to his country here in the Bay Area. Absolutely. Uh, The Lord graciously saved me during my sophomore year of high school. I was up here in the Bay Area. I was living in Castro Valley and uh, went down to UCLA to study mass communication. I was uh, thinking about going into television writing. I wanted to be a comedy writer, so kind of a a previous life of mine. Uh, But in the meantime, I was attending Grace Community Church, where Pastor John uh, is the the pastor teacher, and uh, God was growing my heart for ministry, for teaching his word, for discipleship, and instead decided to go to the master seminary. And uh, that began just a long journey, just a sweet, sweet time of being in the word, of being equipped for ministry, of being reminded over and over again to be humble, that we are servant leaders, um, just so appreciative of Pastor John's ministry. Uh, I was able to serve on staff at uh, Grace Church. I was the UCLA Grace on Campus Bible Study Leader, uh, which meant that I got to lead the group that I was a part of in college, was which was just a dream come true. Uh, I also served as the membership pastor of Grace Church for some time and oversaw Shepherds Conference, uh, a, a conference for pastors that uh, meets once a year. Uh, so when I was able to serve on staff, I was able to meet with Pastor John uh, every so often and uh, just got to know him a little bit and uh, learned more about his theology, his convictions, and ultimately, I just learned much about his integrity, that he's just the same man in the pulpit as he is outside, that he loves the Lord, he is firmly committed to God's word, and uh, I see him today as a spiritual mentor, and it is the privilege of a lifetime uh, to be able to say that. And, of course, one of the things that we love about Dr. John MacArthur, and, of course, folks are familiar with the Grace to You broadcast on KFAX, and that is just the fact that in everything, it always starts with the Word and circles back to the Word, begins and ends with God's Word. And that's so encouraging because for the very creator of the universe to have provided us, his creation, with this wonderful tool, this this life manual, so to speak, and as we were referring to earlier, to leave that on the shelf to collect dust or underneath the coffee table to write, you know, marriage and birth dates and, and death dates in is is a real shame because it's through that word that not only do we learn the keys for day-to-day living, but most importantly, uh, gain a, a tremendous sense of who God is 
how important we are to him and the fact that he would send his only begotten son to help redeem us because the very creator of the universe wants to be in relationship with us, personal relationship with us. Now, man, that, that's a mind blower when you start to wrap your mind around that. I mean, you people want to get invited to have dinner with the king or the president. How about the creator of the universe? And there's a banquet table that's being prepared for us. And so getting involved in God's word and applying that in our day-to-day living, in our experiences at church, and using that in how we interact with the world around us is so critically important. And I know it's a big part of of not only the heartbeat of um, Pastor Keith Crosby, but the new church plant, City Light Bible Church, uh, there in Santa Clara. Uh, You're meeting the Mission College, which is located at 3000 Mission Boulevard in Santa Clara. And for folks that are new to the Bay Area, Pastor G, they're looking for a new church home. Tell us a bit about what God is going to be doing, what God is doing through City Light, and what your vision is for impacting that part of Silicon Valley for Christ. Absolutely. Uh, we're we're going to be meeting every Sunday morning, and uh, we're going to lift God high. Uh, we're going to exalt God. We're going to edify the saints, and we're going to evangelize the lost, uh, the three classic E's of church ministry. And so on Sunday mornings, we're going to seek to do all three. We're going to sing uh, biblically accurate and theologically rich songs to uh remind us and teach us about the great God that we serve so that when we actually sing those songs and rehearse those truths, our hearts will truly soar in praise to him. Uh, We're going to do expository preaching and let God speak through uh, the proclamation of his word. And that is going to build up the saints. We're going to look at scripture and see what it has to say for our lives. We're going to see what it means and what it means for us uh, Monday through Saturday. And uh, we're also going to do that strategizing, that that huddle that we talked about on how we can uh, reach the loss for Christ. Because uh, once we exit those doors of Mission College, we step foot on the mission field. And uh, as we've said, there are so many unbelievers there, probably about 95% of the people you'll come across in the Santa Clara area don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, very much reaching the unchurched, the de-church, reaching those who just have questions about Christianity is an aim of our church. And uh, we hope to equip, challenge, and encourage people to do just that. A a tremendous mission field, and as you go about the master's business of reaching people for Christ and the opportunity to reach influencers, there are literally global implications for what all of this could mean and, and how blessed we are that, you know, some people have to get a passport, learn another language, raise money and travel overseas to be on the mission field. Uh, if you're a Bay Area native or a Bay Area transplant and you're a believer, all you have to do is open your front door and the mission field is all around us. Again, City Light Bible Church meeting at um, Mission College, located at 3000 Mission Boulevard in Santa Clara. Uh, Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m., is that correct, Pastor? 
That is correct. We'll be there every morning at 10 a.m. Excellent. And if you'd like to get more information, you can go online to the church's website at citylightbible.org. That's citylightbible.org. So this is coming home for you. And uh, you mentioned that you were born and raised in Castro Valley. Folks are going to want to know, where did you go to high school? I went to Chinese Christian schools. It was located in San Leandro at the time. Uh, now they have two campuses, one in Alameda and one in Hayward. Fantastic. And uh, your spouse and your children, tell us about them. Yes, I'm married to Linda. Uh, I met her down at UCLA. We, were joined, we joined the same Bible study, which was a part of Grace Community Church. And we've been married for about 11 years. We have three sons. Nathaniel is eight, Jordan is six, and Owen is four. So with three boys, our house is always lively, and our furniture is very cheap because it gets broken frequently, and I'm constantly exhausted. Yeah. Uh, but, man, what, what a blessing. God gave me my own little small group. Indeed so. And uh, with the five of us, we have our own basketball team you do. as well. You, you, you do indeed. You do indeed. Well, that's, that's great. And uh, we appreciate, Pastor uh, G, not only your heart for the gospel and your heart for the Bay Area, but also we very much appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, spend some time with us here today. Again, I want to invite folks. Folks, if they're new to the Bay Area, looking for a new church home, we invite you to check out City Light Bible Church, a new church plant in Santa Clara, Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. They're meeting right now at Mission College, which is located at 3000 Mission Boulevard in Santa Clara. And more details and information available on the web at City Light Bible, L-I-G-H-T, citylightbible.org. Pastor Chris Jean, we appreciate so much your time today. Thanks again for uh, carving out a little bit and spending it with us. Thank you so much for having me. We we're so excited to see God use this church to glorify his name. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Lifeline. Thanks so much for being with us. And if there was anything you heard on today's show that you'd like to hear again or share with a friend, grab a copy of the Lifeline podcast. Simply log on to kfax.com. That's kfax.com for the Lifeline podcast. Our producer is Wanda Sanchez. I'm Craig Roberts. Till next time around, remember, just don't keep the faith. Get out there and share it and make it a great evening. So long. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.